0: You're listening to The Lively Show, episode 313. Welcome to The Lively Show. I'm your host, Jess Lively, and this podcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra presence to your everyday. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you so much as always for listening. Today's episode is brought to you by Interior Define. Interior Define was the go-to source for me when it came to buying furniture in the U.S. that felt like that modern Australian and Scandinavian design that I love so much from traveling the world. Interior Define in the U.S. for me was the go-to place because their designs were so well-made and modern and that you could customize them to match your decor perfectly. So I got to pick the fabric and the legs for both my kit dining chairs in the Detroit condo as well as the Harper bed in my Detroit condo. I love them both very, very much. They're extremely well-designed and well-made, and it was a joy to have them in the space. And if you're in the areas of Chicago, New York City, Austin, Boston, LA, or San Francisco, you can head over over to a showroom to see the pieces in person. Or if you're not near them, like in Detroit, you can have the fabric swatches shipped to you directly so you can see the fabrics in person before placing your orders. I've been highly impressed by the whole experience and I hope you are too. If you'd like to go check them out, you can go over to interiordefine.com. And today's episode is also brought to you by FreshBooks. FreshBooks is my bookkeeping software I've been using since 2012. We're going on, 2020 will be like eight years or something nine years at that point of using fresh i love using them they're so easy it's so easy to refer back to old invoices i just used it today it's one of those icons on my browser that i enjoy clicking on it is so fun to use it it's bookkeeping software and i'm the least mental type person in the world at this point when it comes to thinking about details. But FreshBooks still allows me to do so in a way that their interface just feels easy to navigate. And, and like I said, just enjoyable to be in. It's aligning bookkeeping, basically. If you want to give a three thirty 30 30-day trial a shot to see if you like it as much as I do, you can head over to freshbooks.com slash lively and then enter the code just lively or lively show in the how did you hear about us section so they know you found it through the show. Okay guys, we are on to the show. Today we have another channel session interview between Annie Francoeur and I. So Annie's the channel, The Collective is the source that's coming through Annie, and I am Jess Lively, acting as the human mind in most situations. However, in this episode, we're gonna have about 15 or 20 minutes with Annie in the beginning, so you can learn a little bit about who the voice is behind The Collective, and then we actually get into the show where I talk with The Collective as annie and i finished up this episode we were speaking after recording and talking to each other about how vivid the analogies would come through and how quickly as the collective was speaking through her i would see a different variation on the collective's analogy that was coming through annie and we realized actually annie pointed it out i didn't even see it as what this was happening it might seem like I'm interrupting and interjecting quite a bit when I do typical interviews with other human guests, that doesn't typically happen, where I get such strong visuals in the past interviews in the early, let's say, first 150 episodes of the show. But as you noticed last week, and you probably will notice in this one, I'll quickly follow up with like, oh my gosh, and then I saw this way of looking at it too. Annie pointed out that's probably because I'm channeling the collective as well, so Annie and I have noticed that we'll feel and sense physically similar, similar feelings and sensorial experiences while she's channeling. And at this point, our connection is allowing her to go deeper and farther and longer into that frequency. So us together are kind of doing it combined. So with that, she said that basically what she thinks is happening is that I'm feeling and sensing into the channel as well. And as channels work, they download packets of information into the channel and then the channel interprets that information in ways that make sense with their language and their life experience. So Annie's doing that. And so she's interpreting what the collective's saying as she's doing it and the collective is able to use what she's able to perceive. But I have a different set of experiences and language, et cetera, so I'm perceiving the same information energetically, the downloaded packet, but in a different way. And I'm not picking up on the individual words that are coming out of Annie's mouth as a collective speaking, but as they describe something, that's maybe a visual in her mind's eye as they're speaking, my mind's eye will visualize the same packet of information in a slightly different way of explaining it. So, in case that's of interest to you, now you'll understand why I've been having this really unique experience of extra, extra sensory perception of ideas in, in terms of concepts and ways of teaching and sharing this. Because all of this stuff that we're doing with her in the collective or any channeling. When it comes to language, is trying to, besides the vibration, like we've done with the vibrational communication experiments and so forth, we're trying to... Convey to the mind concepts that are beyond itself. So the mind relates to things and one of my gifts I think in this lifetime is to be able to hopefully provide a useful way so far In the show and teaching etc to help communicate a concept to the mind so that the human Can grasp it a bit of a little bit better relationally logically rationally Even though the vibrational frequency is truly all that's needed and now you've seen me bridge that so I started in the let's talk about the concept concepts phase of my whole journey and then kind of wove my way into how do we just directly experience things like vibrational communication so there you have it that's what's going on now let's go to the show hi annie welcome to the show
1: oh thank you jess Uh, i'm very pleased to be here with you it's amazing for me
0: this is one of my favorite parts of my week now is chatting with you and the collective
1: Same for me. Absolutely. It brings me in an energy that I wasn't expecting in my life. So it's it comes as a surprise. And doing this with you is absolutely it's fun. It's heart opening. So I'm thrilled.
0: Yes. How did you get to where you are? That was like a quick little overview of the the woman behind the curtain.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so now I'm a therapist. I'm an RTT therapist and a craniosacral therapist. And I've been doing that for the past three, four, five years. And before that, for the past 20 years, I've been committed to more consciousness in my life in many ways. So reading, doing workshops, basically for myself, my own well-being. I had limitations. I had problems like anyone in my own life. So I wanted to be better, feel better and all this. So I went to Abraham Hicks, Crimson Circle, Brian, all the teachers, Eckhart Tolle, And also, I'm very interested into the physics of life and consciousness, the quantum aspect, although I don't know much about that, but it's drawing me to to that dimension. So, well, I've been studying and doing workshops, and uh, one day I had a teacher in in Colorado. I was with her, and suddenly, you know, I'm talking about channeling and receiving energies. I was with her, and suddenly I, I heard a name inside of me. And that name was very insistent, like someone who's, you know, poking you and saying, hey, I'm here. I want to speak with you. But that voice was inside of me. So I told my mentor, my friend Norma, and I said to her, there's this name called Zarathustra wanting to speak with me. And so she said, well, yes, (laughs) she was used to that. I wasn't. So she explained to me, you know, that was a type of energy, non-embodied energy that wanted to come into my consciousness, either to teach me, be with me, heal me, whatever was the purpose of that energy. So on the following months, she helped me receive this energy and see what it was about. So that was the first time just that I really had an encounter with an energy that stayed with me for a while. So much so that we wrote a book together, I It was very easy for me. I was just receiving what this energy wanted to share with me and share with people. So that was like the first stepping stone into what I'm doing today. More consciousness, more clarity in my life. Previously, I had received or sensed energies coming to me, but I always was pushing them away. Either I was fearful or I wasn't believing that they were with me, you know, just me, just Annie. <laughs> I was thinking, I had a belief that this belonged to someone more important or with more knowledge or a different life than mine. So I was pushing them away. But since maybe my early 20s, I have been feeling energies like this, which now I know is simply consciousness wanting to respond to my asking of, of changing, of growing. So that's how I came to to more consciousness in my life and then how I came to you. That's the fun part here, is that I wanted to have a session with you about the inner voice because to me, the way you connect with your inner voice, it felt so easy, so clear. I could sense you had so much clarity bubbling between the mind in the belly or the heart and in my case it's very easy for me to do that with my clients but I wasn't having this with myself so I wanted a session with you to go into that space so to explain more when we did that's when we got to the collective
0: yeah they popped in <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that's about it yeah so you had no idea the collective would come through that day
1: Absolutely not. It was a surprise as much for me as for you.
0: And you held it for an hour or two hours with me for the first time. You didn't pop out of it. You stayed in that channeling space the whole time.
1: Yeah, and that was pretty easy. And the more we went on, the more time passed, the more my heart was open. I could feel it. I could feel kind of an expansion inside my physical body and my whole being, And each time, you know, we've done that like three, four times now, each time we do this, it's even more present. I feel this expansion. I feel this buzz in my body for the whole day after that. And the energy is just amazing. It's kind of, it's making me, I'm not floating, but I'm really expanding. Yes.
0: Oh my gosh, that's exactly, I'm feeling it right now in my heart right now and the day after and that day that we did this last interview that aired for the show the first episode of the collective i literally did feel like i was floating
1: through this reality did you have that feeling too absolutely i felt anchored but it's like i had like a, a bigger body my my perception was in a different space than it usually is so i was out of my mini self if i could say and having the glasses of of more consciousness or taking off the blinders of my normal consciousness. So everything was grander, nicer, more beautiful, the colors, everything was more intense. So from now, you know, today I can feel it's just being more in the present moment. This sounds so cliche, but I understand now that the more we are in the present, the more we can have this opening to what is consciousness. So maybe that explains this state that for me was kind of new, you know, even though I did many times channeling or receiving, I never experienced that level before.
0: Yes, and I can say from the private session, I won't go into any of your details, but as we went through, the collective popped in and they just were starting to do the the answering of all the questions for you. It became very clear for me that you are just like everyone else I work with in the sense that the mental stories your mind had at that time, maybe probably changed now because of how much you're letting in. But at that point, the human Annie, as people are listening going, oh my gosh, Annie and Esther Hicks are so unique. (laughs) They're so special. What I can say was that Annie at that time was just like every other human I've done an inner voice session with. The only difference was your ability to open to the collective. So it wasn't like you were quote unquote further, I don't know, more holy or something than anyone else as the human. Your human was just as human, but your ability to open and relax more was really the only difference between you and every other person I've worked with that didn't channel through, for example, the collective yet.
1: I agree, you know, and i 'm still that very normal person, like this morning before we were going to speak together. I, I had to pinch myself, you know, are they going to be here? is the going to <laughs> present it 's like it 's always a surprise, I never know, so you cannot prepare for this it 's just about trust, and as you were speaking, I was noticing something. With you, I could, you know, the first time we did that, and that was my inner voice session with you, I could hold the energy for almost two hours because of one thing, to my understanding now, is the trust I have in you, because I've heard you do this with people, and I know you have clarity with the inner voice. So I was trusting that I wasn't going crazy, that I wasn't making this up, and this allowed me to let the mind on the side and really be in the experience. And I think that's where we're aiming at, leave the mind behind and just feel what is.
0: And I can sense that you and I, I think we're on an interesting journey, my friend, cause I can see our lives as the human shifting as this is coming through too. It's, it's like a braid, like weaving the collective or the energy of that frequency into our lives. As the humans, it's it's adding that extra sparkle, and I think, have you noticed a shift in your experiences with things that you maybe mentally held as issues before since the collectives come in in the last few months?
1: Absolutely, I've noticed a few very interesting differences in the way my everyday life is less in a victim mode. You know, like of course I have done work on myself, but I had this tendency to, you know, go into a space where I would diminish my own qualities, my own self, basically. And I would think or look up to other people and think, oh, that's not me. So this perception has stopped. It's not that I'm in an egotistical space. It's just that I am more allowing who I am plainly. So this helps a lot with Everything, because I'm not spending energy on pushing myself back in a small box. I'm just allowing myself to be. So then what I'm noticing is that everything is coming to me very easily. My clients are coming to me. I have no effort to make. They come. We're having great sessions. My life with my family is flowing you know, I don't bite on things that I was biting easily onto before, like where we used to have discussions or emotional challenges. It's like, hmm, I don't have this. And it's not that I'm not being invested in what's happening. I am. But in in a, a way that is so much easier. So and it's all happening from the inside without effort. So I don't know for you, but For me now, this is how it's manifesting and also that I'm seeing the sacred or the beautiful or the, you know, what is unique in life. I'm seeing it in almost everyone I'm speaking to. I I can say in everyone, even though, you know, it's a client, it's someone in the store and I had a big day or whatever. I am connecting with the divine in them or the presence or the consciousness more easily than I'm connecting with the human. What's that like? Oh, well, it's beautiful because then you cannot judge anyone. You know, I'm like, well, let's say before the collective or before I was in that energy, I had judgments. I had, you, you have to be like this. You have to behave like this. You have to answer like this. I had rules and now I still have them, but they're kind of, they're bending, they're being more flexible. And when I see people, I, I just receive being with them or I am dwelling in that moment instead of judging, separating, that's it. It's more being in union with everything that's in my life instead of feeling separate. And this is amazingly powerful, it's beautiful.
0: What I've been noticing, even from my own little version of channeling that came through in the last few weeks is, when I allow myself, outrageous love and care for the self of Jess. So if I'm outrageously courageous to go do every single thing I want to do without fear. So care for my body and character of Jess as much as I want to, and to some human minds it go almost to the point where they go, that's hedonistic in some way or something like that, but I'm not. I'm, I'm just, what is the highest, most fun, absolute funnest thing I can do right now and then go do it without fear of abundance or well being or health or any of these things? When I do that, the vibration gets so incredibly high And it's just a choice to allow it and just to choose not fear and to choose to trust that this is all allowed. When I get into those phases, that's when that frequency turns into what the audience is calling like the Dr. Seuss fairy godmother frequency that I could tap into. But when I'm not allowing myself to care for the Jess character so much and I'm living more in limitation or mental thought of, well, you can't really do that or you should really go do this, then the vibration goes down and it's harder to tap in. It's not quite as easy, especially to be a gift for others, to be able to share that channel for others. I've noticed that if I'm not really allowing the Jess character to be in her most joyful state, (laughs) I can't really have anything to offer people that's that, you know, different than the Jess mental character and all of her limitations. So what I'm realizing is, oh my goodness, it really does get to be this fun, or like someone like Esther Hicks, who also channels like you do, that she really does get to live that ridiculously amazing life she has, and out of doing so, she's able to tap into that frequency. This isn't around materialism or anything like that, but it's also not saying that that's bad either. (laughs) It's been so amazing.
1: You know what you described about your inner voice, when you're in that feeling and that you're allowing you the highest good for you, this is how I feel when I'm with the collective or my own soul, it's the same space that I'm feeling, everything is possible, everything can come to me easily, and what I see is that when we dare to choose this, because now we start to be able to do that more rapidly, more easily, we are sharing something with people. You're not saying, hey, I'm in this vibration, tap into it, but people can feel it. And it's generous at the same time as it's easy. And I think that's how we can evolve as a race, as a species, you know, as humanity, starting with one being, just daring to choose for us finally.
0: I know, because no one could give me all the, like, I had to choose all those choices to say, yes, what is just like want or need right now? What is just what's the highest thing and give it to her because no one else could really do that. (laughs) Only I could give myself those experiences as I live my life to choose to allow myself the choice to choose trust, to choose an abundant mindset and to go live without fear of what would happen if I did. And then as that vibration rises, all the things like the inner voice, fairy godmother becomes available. And then that then has this huge ripple effect on all the people listening, which are crying and their babies are dancing in the womb more than ever before. And it's like, wow, all I had to do was be really, really, really
1: loving to me. (laughs) What a price to pay. (laughs) Isn't that beautiful? As you were speaking, once again, I'm hearing this is the more we go, let's say like, A month ago or a year ago, I had my human condition state, and then I had my channeling or receiving mode. They were very separate. And now I'm noticing it's blending. You were talking about a braid weaving the energy of the collective or the inner voice with the human me or you. And now I'm seeing it's kind of, it's merging. And the more I go, the more you go, the more people allow this, the more we can live our life always in that state or, you know, a a bigger percentage of that state being present and taking the space of the conditioned human. So I'm seeing something that is absolutely thrilling as a future when I think about that, because if I, if I observe my now instead of my now of a year ago, I would never go back.
0: Same. I wouldn't even go back to February. Yeah, it's been an incredible journey and I just love sharing this with you, <laughs> being a piece of this, is so deeply, deeply satisfying. And in a way, I think the beauty of you being drawn to me was also poetic in the story of Jess Lively, the human. <laughs> like, of course, Jess Lively listens to channels un- end, just unendingly for four years of her life. And of course, she ends up like as the Jerry Hicks to the Esther Hicks, finding her Esther to be able to converse with the channel so clearly. And also, like we're doing now at the season seven, showing that even though you're pulling in the collective and maybe one day I'll be able to tap into that same energy or like they say everyone can, but also that it's not like, oh, you're the special one and I can't do this. No, I'm just doing it in a different way, in a different fashion right now. But it doesn't mean that someone can't ask the questions and be
1: the, the channel, the vessel. Oh, I think you can do both. And I feel you are doing it. You're just not maybe allowing you to see it. That's my feeling because as I was listening to you, I could hear, you know, when you were giving answers about how you were allowing the best for you in your everyday and what it gave you. I could feel your vibration changing and you being more of the bigger, larger you are allowing more consciousness. So that's the same thing as the collective. I, I, I have absolutely no doubt that you can have both the question part and the answering part, just as I can do it. But I think we're learning together. Now, I, I need you to do this, you need me to do that. And then we can both become autonomous in this. But the sharing is amazing. The co creation so fun. Yeah, it's it's beautiful.
0: I'm so happy. Are you ready to get in?
1: I am. You've been knocking at the door for 10 minutes.
0: Oh my gosh. It's kind of, I just had this vision of, uh, I love Top Gun, the, the old 80s movie with Tom Cruise. It's like Goose and Maverick. We both have our own roles in the plane. <laughs> Can't do it without the other one.
1: Oh. oh, this feels so good. We are ready to play.
0: All right. How are you doing,
1: Collective? We have no words for this. It's let's picture champagne, champagne, bubbling champagne with that beautiful taste. That would be a good description of how we are enjoying the moments with you, enjoying the possibility to share, enjoying the potential that consciousness is going to expand more and more. So we are just thrilled to be here now.
0: Amazing. So question collective. So we spoke last week or the week before. You don't experience time, do you?
1: Not really. We experience it from when we dive into the human so we can have an idea of the timeline. But as only the collective or only consciousness, we don't.
0: So it's been like no time for you. It's been like immediate one after the other channels. It's now. It's now. Now, do you have an idea or a sense or an awareness of what our next conversations will be since it's also gonna happen in a now moment?
1: We don't per se see the future or the next now or the now that we are going to create together. We say we're out of time because the difference is it's not that we're in no time. It's that humanity is in a timeline, which is different than having no time. It's just a different mode or a different means of expression. It had to be this way, having the timeline for humanity to be able to frame the experience into density. Density, matter needs a birth, a growth, and a death. So this goes along with time and that's why everything in creation in matter goes with time. But we cannot for now, or maybe Annie is not allowing the perception of what is going to be next as a chat or a discussion. But we do see the potentials of these conversations. What are they? That's what we showed, the alpha activation or the alpha awakening. We are thrilled that this might be a potential. The more people... Understand and go beyond even understanding that they, anyone, have the ability to connect to that energy that is consciousness, that is not necessarily the collective, that is even wider than this, allowing their own flavor of collective or of inner voice to meld with their daily lives, with the conditioned human. As this process or as this experience is happening, they will be less in their fears, and we see a a huge mass of people doing this. They will be less in fear, so they will forget about yesterday and tomorrow, and they will be more into the experience, the sensing of what is now. And that's when each individual as one person can tap or can allow the huge pool of consciousness to come to them, starting gently, starting, you know, a a drop at a time. But that's how they can open up to this wisdom that is available beyond the mind, and which makes life flow easily, which brings whatever you need to have in your life, It, it makes this... Happens so much more easily than when you have the hurdles of fear, of limitations, of thoughts. No, I can't have this because it's not possible, because I don't have the scolarity, I don't have the knowledge, I don't have the experience. All these are stories. And when people hear that they as well have the potential to do what this human is doing right now, what you are doing right now, they will start believing It a little bit and a little bit more, and they will dare to experience on their own, maybe with a friend, maybe with a group. And then what we foresee is that a bigger and bigger and bigger part of humanity will walk their daily life in that mode of being out of the mind and of being into this alpha brainwave that is so much more we would say, peaceful, still, without fear. And they can still function in their job, in their relationships, in their abundance, bringing wealth will be easier. Everything will be easier. So that's what we see.
0: Is that what you told Annie in one of our early sessions together that you wanted to bring to this reality or is that something different?
1: Yes, 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 yes. So this is what it is. That's what we want to bring to your awareness. That's what we want to share. This is one of the aspects of why we're here. There are a few more, but this is the first one. I th- We feel this would be the foundation. All right. So it's called alpha activation. This is how she perceived it. This is the word that she put on what we showed her, we, sh- we showed her an image with emotion or an image with perception. And that's the words she gave. So this might evolve. But for now, yes, we would say alpha awakening.
0: Okay. And how do we do that? How do we bring it in?
1: Hearing this, making this vibration available like you are doing right now to more people. Just hearing the words will activate a knowledge in the human body, in the human brain. It's kind of a reconnection to something you all know, but this society, this lifetime being born in, let's say, a human body, going to learn the things of life with your family, then going to school, you don't learn how to connect with consciousness. Uh, we think you don't learn this. We feel you don't learn it. That's why people are still in fear so much. So connecting to that, there is a remembrance in every soul. There is the recollection that they were united to source fully without separation. You all know this somehow. That's what makes you believe in magic. That's what's make makes you create imaginary scenarios movies beautiful art because you have a recollection of what is possible you know so much more than what you allow what society allows you to see or to perceive for now but there is like in the back scene in the back scene of your brain of your cells there is this remembrance of unity With source. So it's very easy when you say yes to allowing more consciousness, more light into your life, it's very easy for the reconnection to happen. You have nothing per se to do more than say, Yes, I want to go forth into my opening to consciousness. Yes, I invite higher energies to be with me. Yes, I want to play a role in my awakening. Yes. So just say yes to all of that. Yes, absolutely. Say it out loud. You may even want to do by yourself a kind of a ritual. Do, make that a special moment. Make that a conscious choice in your life. Yes, I want to go forth. Yes, I want to welcome that ease, that grace, that love just feel the love that is here now and if you so choose say yes to this I want more of this in every day of my life and it's a commitment to yourself and there is nothing egotistical about that because everybody will be you say a win-win everybody will be winning from that you may choose better for yourself you will see yourself with more clarity and then the people around you will benefit from that because you will simply be a better person not better in terms of fitting into society's idea you will just be more happy you will have more love you will have more clarity in your life less problems less fears less limits So it's all building up very easily. It starts with a yes and then see how your life has been unfolding in the past month and how Annie's life has been unfolding. And it's allowing, plainly allowing. Beautiful. Can I share
0: something that that appeared to me, it uh, revealed itself to me in the last week and get your perspective on it?
1: Of course.
0: Okay, so... One of the things in our last conversation you shared that blew my mental mind and explained it better, the unity of wisdom all being connected from every soul's lifetimes. So every human lifetime that's ever existed in all of humanity had wisdom from the experiences. It gleaned wisdom, like nutrients coming through digestion. And those nutrients, that wisdom from every kind of experience, from every souled being, inhumanity goes into a collective pool of wisdom. So it's not about going back to no experience before experiences happened in a pre-humanity state. It's about going forward, but also adding to the collective wisdom. What I realized is I always think of humans as a way to understand it in my mind, like cells of the human body. So I've always said this on the show before, many people have heard me say that the well-being of one cell has the effect of making the whole body well, because the only cell it can make well is itself. And if you make your cell unhealthy, then if every cell did the same, the whole race would die. So you have to take care of the one that you have control over, which is you, but ultimately your well-being benefits the whole well-being. So. The other thing that people always talk about is mass consciousness and the thoughts that the uh, society as you've been referring to it as have. And so what Jess characters realized is, oh, my goodness, like this analogy of the human bodies being cells of a human body, so the human race being the collective of the individual humans, has a human race mind and a human race intuition, inner voice or wisdom. And so the humans can tap into the collective mind or the collective wisdom. So we can do that on the individual level, but as we tap down and bubble down into the wisdom aspect of the individual cell, which is connected to the entirety, that's also allowing the stuckness to the mind perspective that most humans have to become more freed up because the density going towards mental thought and the mental mass consciousness mind is becoming more diffuse and more redirected to the wisdom of the collective
1: whole. It makes lots of sense. It's a good way of explaining things. It's a good, once again, an analogy comparing the human body as a smaller scale of humanity experience is the same. And uh, you say as above, so below. So below would be like one tiny human being, and the above would be the humanity experience. So as one cell is opening up, it's among the, the the billions of cell. It has the power to emanate one vibration that is an. It's like a gift to the whole, and the whole has the choice to tap into that or stay lower or wherever the hole is but as you have here and there a soul opening to more consciousness and more consciousness and more consciousness it's like when you're observing earth from the outside and you see the lights lighting up when the evening comes down so this is going to be the awakening of consciousness is going to be when it, it reaches a certain point it's going to be unstoppable It is unstoppable, but for now it's a little bit slow. But it's a process that has started with the beginning of humanity. So now we are simply being able to give a little kickstart to this because humans are so much more open to allowing these energies into their life and they can receive more vibration. They can hold it more. So it will just happen faster than in the past decades, let's say. But yeah, the reflection of how you are holding your light, how you are treating your cell as a body or your body as a cell is going to have an impact, a potential on the whole, of course.
0: Yes, my inner voice once what I was asked to ask it, why did you choose this lifetime? Why did you choose this time in life to have this lifetime? I asked my inner voice and it explained what you just said so beautifully. It said, "You wanted to be here in the springtime <laughs> so this <laughs> the springtime of consciousness
1: absolutely it's the blooming time it's we would dare to say not one energy, not one. Voice knows where we're heading for sure in terms of manifestation of how it will unfold because creativity is so amazing and so unforeseeable and unpredictable. But for sure, this is the blooming of it all. And that's what we feel. And that's why so many, we don't really like the word masters Uh, why so many beings are available now and are making themselves seen and heard because you are ready.
0: It feels like it. The idea, the gift of what we're doing with this season and how Annie and the whole thing, it brings the Jess character so (laughs) much joy to be able to be in this super exciting, exciting, exciting space.
1: Can you imagine the gift that you are sharing now with people because you had a dream of bringing more consciousness. When you said that the first time, you didn't know, you had no clue how it would unfold. And look what is happening now.
0: It took actually going quiet and trusting complete faith that I would come back if when necessary, if when it felt right. And I had no idea last March when I felt like not talking that this would be what it would turn into. But the joy that I feel is, I hear the word unstoppable is <laughs> what the word I just heard in myself. It is incredible. Okay, collective. So I've got to be a good teacher and interviewer, okay? So to come back to this act alpha activation, human minds think in prescription. They think in process and they think in action. So human minds hear alpha activation and I bet Thirty percent of the audience just said, "Okay, so I sp- what do I have to do? Spend thirty minutes on a cushion three times a week, and I've got to put my brain state monitor on to make sure I'm in alpha brainwave state."
1: We can stop you right now. No, no, no. no. <laughs> yeah,
0: didn't think so. Tell us what that means. Just say yes once,
1: so we can let go of the word activation because this is activating the mind too much. So we will just say allowing, or we we rather go with allowing alpha allowing. And it's just a beginning. So no technique. If you meditate, keep on meditating. If you don't, keep on not doing it. It has nothing to do with that. We suggest that whenever in your day, may you be working, preparing a meal, walking in whatever physical activity or whatever you are doing, Bring yourself back into your body. Just feel. Inhabit your body with your breath. We don't see you doing that when we say you were speaking collectively. It's unusual to see a human totally inhabiting its body. They're doing something and the mind is, is drifting off to, to tomorrow, to what's next to do, to am I performing? you know, to the best of my possibilities. Oh, this one is going to be quicker than me. Or, you know, she looks much better than me or whatever the judgment. So you're not always present in your body. We want you, whatever you're doing, to just take a few seconds, simple as that, and come down, come back into the body and sink. Very low, very low. Almost if you could bring your consciousness down into your feet and just be there and feel and taste and and live the moment, the few seconds that you're giving yourself to do this, live it with all your senses. How is it feeling? What am I sensing? What am I hearing? What am I seeing, tasting, smelling and allowing? And just go on with your day doing that and the more you will do it let's let's say start with five times a day five seconds and just to remember to feel it to come back to the body to come back to the the experience instead of the concept so when you do this you will drop some fears you will let go of some limitations for for the time you will do that you will forget about comparison you will forget about judgment you will forget about feeling not enough you will forget about whatever your problem is in that moment and you will just feel and the more you do this the less density these things have in your life so that's something that is evolving on a timeline because you are in a manifested body for now, that's the way it works. So one day after the other, the more you do this, the easier it will become to be in that alpha mode of not fearing, not projecting, just being in the now.
0: Now, this might be an advanced advanced question. But the audience, some of this will, this might be over some people's experience and go, I don't know what she's talking about. And other people might find this helpful for their experience. So I want to share this in case it's useful for others as well. It just appeared in my life today. So it's fresh in my mind, but also nothing's random. So today I woke up and I felt this weird nagging sense of fear and insecurity, but there wasn't a a very clear jest story attached to the sensations, but they were quite prevalent in my awareness. I could tell they were there. So I asked my inner voice a bit about it and what I could gather kind of not quite directly, not quite super succinctly said it doesn't have to do with me. It wasn't about me. And I'm curious about that. Can people be processing? And then I thought, because the mind was a bit confused by this. It didn't know if this is another lifetime of the soul of Jess or if this is some other entity. The soul had said, hey, I'll do that for you and process it through Jess Lively or what. But I just thought, what do I do with this? Because it was like, it's not even yours. And it's happened twice now where I've been dealing with emotions that don't seem to have story attached, but I've been processing and experiencing them either way.
1: Beautiful. We love that you bring this forth and it's going to be useful for many. Okay. So first thing you feel an emotion in your body, you wake up with something that feels bad. It feels yucky. It feels you're in fear or you feel heavy in some part. And the thing is your, your inner voice told you it doesn't even belong to you. Most of the time fears don't belong to the experience. To the now, to who you are now. May them be because, may them be fears that, let's say, you connected to a past life which was horrendous, and you're in the now moment, you're remembering the past life. Okay, it's a possibility, but it does not belong to you anymore. The fear does not belong to you. You can simply choose to let go. If also, on the other hand, you're uh, someone who's very sensitive very open in the energy and you can perceive people's emotion. You're what they call an empath, whatever the name. If you can feel somebody else's fear or fears, they don't belong to you. It's the same thing. But people do not make the difference and they go on their day feeling tired. They're dragging... heavy weights behind them and they're not conscious that the fear does not belong to them because you, who you are in the now moment, rarely holds fear.
0: Okay, so here's the question then. What I thought in that moment as I was hearing this was, well, then I choose not to have it. But then the mind had a few different alternative thoughts to that. Okay, so I chose not to have it and it did go away pretty quickly after that. But The mind thought, well, is this a part of my journey to realization is to release this density of emotion? If it's from another life within my stream of lives, then am I just delaying and deferring an inevitable experience of that trauma or emotion and if I just say, I choose not to have it this morning, I'm just going to pay for it later, right? Like push it down the line. I'll deal with that in three weeks or in three years. Or if it's someone else, I, I, actually, I actually had this thought of, what if my soul told my friend soul, hey, I'll help her process that Jess has got enough bandwidth in her to know how to handle this better. So I'll take it for Chelsea over wherever Chelsea is and the soul that's next to her. And then I was kind of like overriding my soul's gift to someone else and the human going, hey, I don't want this. And I shook it off.
1: Normally, you don't do this. It's not about processing uh, stuff for other people, even though you're, you have enough bandwidth, like you say. Uh, unless you're a therapist doing a work, normally you don't commit to do that for people. And this is another realm we could, I mean, we see Jesus or people like this, but we, we won't go there. So let's say you are not processing fears for people you love. You cannot do that. They have to release their own fears. So the thing that is important here to to understand is fear belongs to either the past or the future. And the more you come back to your center, the less it will have a hold on you. But we don't want you to chase the fear away when you feel it. We want you to say, hey, fear, I see you. If you come into my center, I have love here. I see you. I recognize you. And then the fear will just melt away. If you push it back, it'll come back. If you push it back because you don't want to acknowledge the fear is there, it'll come back in a day, a week, a month to be processed or to be heard, or to be felt. It's about acknowledging that the human you had moments out of balance, tons of them, lots of them, of them, and they're coming back to be healed. But it doesn't take, you won't need to process one by one. You just need to open up to see, oh, okay, I'm this human on the road to awakening. And my fear is coming up for integration. And it's a recycling of energies. It was held separate from you as fear and it was heavy and you were dragging fear, consciously or not. And when you open up to more consciousness, fear wants to come back home and be integrated. So it can be transformed very easily in a snap into... A beautiful neutral energy that you can use then to go on with your life to create, to be simply.
0: Oh my goodness. So you just, uh, I love talking to you so much. Okay. So what I just realized is, is what's happening partially, Jess, the human has dealt with, I call them beanbags, those emotional weights. And oh, okay. We'll we'll get to that in a second. We call them aspects. Yes. And clothing, you described it as in one session, which we'll get to in a second. Oh, Oh, which I'm so excited to talk about. But what you just... Is what's happening, like it could have been a past life thing. So it wasn't Chelsea stuff. It it was a soul of experience of my human Jess or some other human. Is it possible that Annie and I as humans are starting to reach these really beautiful states and so now instead of Jess needing to be triggered by a story in her life to bring up the emotion, the soul is bringing things emotions up raw without a story attached to still be processed, but Jess doesn't need a story to go with it in this moment in her reality to bring it up into her awareness? Are things just bubbling up because it's safe for them to do so and be released a bit faster than waiting for a coordinating story in her storyline to match it right now?
1: Yep, yeah, that's exactly it.
0: there's nothing wrong with me. I was like, why am I feeling so fearful this morning? There's nothing even going into this.
1: It's simply the new mode in which you are functioning. Now you are allowing more consciousness. More consciousness means more energy. More energy means a capacity to... We don't like the word process, but that's what we see now. A capacity to process more stories like a whole bundle on which you can put a label. These are my stories of fear. I don't need to know all of them. They're just coming back to source, coming back to light, coming back to my soul, coming back to my heart for integration. So you don't need to go sit on a sofa and cry for an hour about your stuff because you don't need to rehearse the experience because you're beyond that. We have nothing against sitting on a sofa and having therapy. It's beautiful. It serves those who are doing that in need of doing this because they need the consciousness of what relating to a specific event will give them. You are in a different space. So you have the ability to let these piles... It's like... a. We see like book piles; they're just adding up and adding up, and they all have the same label. And you have the capacity to process a whole bag of bean bags, let's say, in in one snap. It's it's in an instant. The thing is, you have gone beyond pushing them away. You have gone beyond needing to know each bean bag by their name, by their date, by their story. The human is beyond that now. So it allows you to, to be in a different space. That's the same thing that those beings experiencing enlightenment in in one day are going through in a much faster way. But it's the same thing.
0: This makes so much sense. The visual I saw was uh, computers in collectives, just so you know. <laughs> the humans are dealing with all these electronics that need upgrades. And they need patches and what is it called in Apple when they need to have their yeah, they just like have an upgrade. They have fixes. And so you have to restart the computer because of that alert. Everyone's screaming it in their heads. I'm forgetting the moment, the message. But anyways, what I'm realizing now is instead of waking up and going, What the hell is wrong with me? <laughs> I'm not even having a story, but I'm having all this density and I'm set sa- and it's fearful and it's so weird and uncomfortable. Now I can just look at that and say, Oh. I'm upgrading. I'm integrating those fears into the higher consciousness I now am. So there's nothing. I can look at that more in joyfulness rather than in kind of fear or not a fear. I was feeling kind of ashamed of like, God, there's nothing even wrong. And I'm still processing beanbags.
1: Absolutely. You can let go of the idea of shame. Of course, you can let go of that label. What is happening is just you're on a threshold of starting a new. It's like having a new gear on your bicycle or It's like having a a new, a new speed on your car and you're just going to enter a new mode. You're changing vessels, basically. Vessels doesn't mean you're not changing body, but you're just changing the way, the modality in which you are operating. And the shame might be related to an experience in your own lifetime where doing different was judged.
0: Yeah, well, it sometimes looks at like if I'm going through an, a beanbag on a train in the tube in London. As I was going to lunch today, I looked at this man on his phone, and I was just like, I noticed that my breath was stilted. I wasn't breathing deeply into my body, and there was a bit of tension. And I was like, "There's nothing even wrong. There's no story. I'm just." But I am now aware of the state of the human, even when it when it's not in. It's joyful alignment. It's just in its kind of regular mode. And then I thought, man, that guy has no clue what I'm going through or anything that I'm into, but he's probably breathing like a bit more calmly than I am right now. (laughs) And I felt a little bit uh, uh, like like maybe all this awareness is just making me more messed up than the ones that aren't worrying
1: about it. (laughs) Well, it might seem that way for the mind. So we want you when you live a moment like this, because it's going to happen even, you know, still for a few times to anyone who's living that experiencing this. uh, This is the perception of the mind. Okay. So you might just want to remember, okay, I'm thinking through my mind. I am processing this through my mind. I'm just, for now, asking for help. I need clarity on this, and I want the higher wisdom to show me. I want to see through your eyes. I want to feel through your perception. I want to understand or to receive through your heart higher wisdom whatever the name you want to put there collective inner voice whatever and just give yourself the chance to step back from the mind perspective and allow more clarity in you and this will show you the man with the phone the other one on the on the subway the one next to you and yourself in such a beautiful way
0: actually what i to be honest the other piece of the story that my mind wasn't retrieving until you said that was that I didn't directly ask, but what happened was what I perceived after I had that thought was, oh man, that man's not even, he's more peaceful than I am and he's not even into this stuff. Uh, Maybe I'm just like all of us going through all this processing or making ourselves crazy (laughs) um, and creating this crazy reality. We don't need to was that what I saw was he's in a really peaceful dream right now. And my mind, if you looked at, let's say like two babies, one's really peaceful and still while they're sleeping and one's about to wake up. And so they're fidgety and they're kind of making faces and they're kind of scratching around and their arms are moving. There's a discomfort as they're transitioning between the sleep state and the awake state, but it, sometimes it's not always like smooth. And so I was kind of maybe what I felt or perceived at that moment was that maybe I was just like a bit more of an antsy baby waking up.
1: Mm-hmm. And giving the example of two babies is beautiful because the one who's sound asleep is in a different brainwave and the one who's about to come up to the consciousness is in a different brainwave also. So what you were experiencing comparing to that man, he was probably still asleep, not having enough coffee or in a very peaceful state, you don't know. But the thing is you were alert You were in a space where your mind was judging. I'm supposed to be this. I'm supposed to know more, let's say. And I am the one who's nervous. I'm the one who's maybe in fear. And a part of you was judging. But that is simply a blink of the human conditioning. And when you live that, you just come back to your center and breathe in that deeper space that you know so well and shame will just dissolve or judgment or whatever the feeling that is negative in that moment they will happen you live in a human body you live you have a mind you have emotions and feeling and this is part of the human experience but it notice it's it's going to last uh so so much less you know, time than before. It's going to be shorter, shorter. And at one point, you'll just have compassion for that moment. And that's it.
0: I think you've just helped me have a huge realization on that for that compassion is to say the discomfort I'm experiencing could be unrelated to story is making so much sense to the last few weeks for me because more and more I've either felt an emotional let's call it pain, which is probably more suffering than anything. And also, I'm just curious on this. The other thing is like bizarre pains in my literal physical body. Now, just the human understands how to sense a non-physical beanbag, as I call it, the emotional weight of something. But just The human body has also experienced massive, intense physical pain in her jaw one day on the right side, one day it was the left knuckle, one day it was on the bottom of my foot, and it's like physical things that are so bizarre, and then they go away. Is that part of this too?
1: It could be part of the process. We don't want to say it is, but the interesting point here is, do you have a conversation with that pain? Do you enter into a questioning mode? Hey, pain, what are you showing me today? I have this pain in my jaw. I would like to have a conversation with you. What are you doing in my jaw? What are you showing me? I know you're here because I'm a being of sensory perception. So you're showing me something. What is your message? And then listen to what the pain is showing you. It's going to give you clarity pain doesn't occur in the body for nothing we see the human experience people will oftentimes judge pain in their body but there is always a message always so processing a lot of consciousness processing a lot of bean bags like you say may accelerate a detoxification process and may ask for your body to literally have more rest than usually. And what we suggest here is be the listener, be the one who's asking the pain and the whole body their needs. Beautiful.
0: And when we first began our conversations, kind of to this topic, the description you gave of the human entity as the characters is a bit you said it's like clothing we're all wearing clothes and we just that clothing that we're wearing is what forms the personality of the human and The way I had described it, you can tell me if this is getting it right. I always felt it personally like a sleeping bag that had a unique pattern of bean bags sewn into it. And so we're all zipped into our little individual sleeping bags and each one of us has our bean bags placed in just the right spot so we're comfortable. We know it as what we are. But if we all did psychedelics and we got out of our bean bag sleeping bags for a while and then we switched sleeping bags and we came back into our minds, we'd have a schizophrenic breakdown because we would not know ourselves in a different sleeping bag. It's just what we've always known. So we wouldn't be able to feel ourselves in it because it's always what we've known. But if we switch them, we would have an immense like psychotic break because it wouldn't align up with what we've always experienced. Is that what you would say is like the clothing description you gave
1: before? Uh, It's similar. The clothing experience was meant to describe the identity over the soul, the identity in this lifetime. So your, your image of the sleeping bag with bean bags sewn here and there into it is, is funny for us. Because notice, bean bags, you know, we would say if we get you correctly, bean bags would be emotions that are stuck in you here and there. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, that's what I feel. Is that maybe the right way or no?
1: (laughs) It's the right way. What we thought was very funny and we, we could feel it is that let's say you have a hundred bean bags sewn here and there in your sleeping bag and you're like a little caterpillar and you have this and it's zipped up and your bean bags aren't really, I mean, you would be much better without them, but you're so used to where they are. I have one under the armpit. I have one in my back. I have one in my neck. I have five over each shoulders. And you're so used to that, that it feels comfortable. And if we move the beanbags or if we remove them, it feels so different. You're uncomfortable. And for the human mind, uncomfortable or different doesn't feel good for now. So that's why when you remove a story or when you integrate there is a shift in the beanbag's perception. So there is a time, there is a an adjustment required between the old comfortable fit of having the beanbags in the known space where they belonged before you change consciousness. So when you open up to more consciousness, you get you don't get rid of the bean bags, but they dissolve or they they disappear simply, they neutralize, They, they recycle in something much more comfortable. But there is a change, so the sleeping bag doesn't feel the same, the equilibrium is not the same, the balance is not the same, the space is not the same. So it takes time to adjust to that, but then you will notice how much more comfortable is the sleeping bag.
0: Oh my goodness, this ties into what the inner voice said and the channels that I shared before that were the Mary Poppins like bibbidi-bobbidi-boo one. They kept saying, and they've been saying this in my head, that the things we worry about will matter less and less or they'll weigh less and less. And if you think of the bean bags, like literal matter will be lighter or they'll literally weigh less and less because you're lightening up the load. And all the reasons we care in fear of all the things we're worried and attached to, is because of the density of the emotions attached to them. So as you delete the beanbag, all the topics the beanbags were attached to, the emotional turmoil was attached to go away. So you could have the experience in your life, but the weight of the emotion that is thirsty or fearful,
1: isn't there any longer. Mm -hmm. And once again, we're not deleting the beanbags. We're just taking, let's say the thread that was keeping them soon, and we're just undoing that. And slowly all the beads are just running away and they're free, and they're free to transform into something else. So that which was shaped by thought, by belief, by emotion into a specific form and a specific weight and a specific presence that could sometimes or most of the time feel like a hindrance in your life. Well, it just changes into something else. It evolves simply.
0: It evolves into something new or into something it once was, being consciousness?
1: Consciousness will, well, the beanbag or the emotion, once it's integrated, once it's seen and knowledge loved, received, it can simply become a neutral form of energy that is available to you. So the buzzing that you feel in your body when you're having a specific time of higher consciousness is that experience of this neutral energy being available to transform into manifestation of whatever you feel like, because it's available. It's not stuck into the shape of a beanbag. It's there to your service.
0: Yeah. And that's what has been incredible. So it's just transmuting itself into potential energy again. Yeah. Oh, I always say when I'm doing inner voice sessions with people and if someone has a beanbag that appears to be released, I kind of help encourage them to normalize the emotion to go through and to learn how to deal with it by kind of letting their mind go. Like, think of it like a hose with little pebbles of and rocks inside of the garden hose. And so the water can't flow through very much because of all these rocks. But as you release them, the water flow of the hose water can come out so much faster and more freely because the interruption of the the
1: blocks or the little rocks aren't there anymore. Mm-hmm. Consciousness, the divine, the sacred, whatever you want to call it, is an infinite river. And the only thing that's preventing anyone from feeling it fully is the thoughts, the beliefs, the emotional patterns, the habits that make them feel they are less than or they're not good enough to receive. But when you release these one by one, a whole bunch of them, it can be done over a lifetime. It can be done overnight. The river will flow freely. Beautiful.
0: I have one topic I really want to ask you about. Do you have the energy through Annie to to share?
1: One more, yes.
0: Okay, one more. So... The character of Jess has been watching a lot of different points of view. Some are channeled and some are not. Some are mental, some are, are non-physical, and some are enlightened. And this idea of, as everyone knows on the show, I've, I've gone very deep into Abraham Hicks and the law of attraction. And the idea of manifesting now and creating There are people like Joe Dispenza that think about the human mind creating the potential reality and bringing that feeling in as though it already exists, and they walk into their future in their minds and their meditations and bring it in in a way they can't expect or prepare. And then there's people like Michael Singer, who lives just saying yes to whatever shows up, (laughs) and then magical things happen, but they're often not what his mind would have said they wanted, very different than Joe Dispenza's work or the people doing that. And then there's Abraham that says, think about the things you want. You don't have to think about them, but you're welcome to think about them. And then there are people that say, let it all go and manifest beyond the mind by stopping the preferences and the expectations of the mind. Now, what I perceive is that there are some people at one level of consciousness, for the example of a mind it thinks in concepts. So let's say stage one, The humans aren't very good at it, so they're better off if they just let their, like, not getting in the way in their mind. They're better off creating without it. Then there's kind of, so they let go and surrender instead of trying, because if they try, they'll be more likely to mess it up. But then there seems to be, and maybe it's a post-enlightened state of awareness, where this creatorship kind of comes back into the picture and it seems like, no, you are God. You are the essence of all that is, just like every other essence that exists and is also God and all that is. So choose the life you want, but you're able to choose again. So there's this kind of like, think about it, don't think about it, (laughs) choose it, don't choose it, going out there in the world from different places. And could you share on that?
1: Yes. So the let's surrender to what life brings is our, we could say favorite. We will explain. The thing is There are different human beings, a whole spectrum of differences of minds and how you perceive reality. So some people will need a very specific process in order to surrender because they are too much in control. They fear losing control over what might happen in their life experience. So these people, they need a leader. They need to be shown the way they need a recipe, they need a method, they need a protocol. And this is beautiful because they are available. You mentioned a name who was guiding meditation into manifestation. So people basically, they think about what they want and they feel as if it was done. And they're being very precise about their dreams. And the more they go into that perception and the more they let go about the mind limitations, but they're still guided, they are entering a realm of manifestation. And this is effective, although it's it's closer to the humanness of the human person. The other type, the other modality, the one which allows life force, allows nature to be the chooser, the one who says, I am going to surrender to saying yes to everything that comes Into my way. When you choose this type of manifestation from the divinity that flows into you, that's when miracles can happen. That's when we're not saying it's not happening in the other modality, it can also. But this is like a shortcut. This doesn't need a process. And the more you are able to surrender to, Saying yes to what consciousness brings in your experience for you to evolve. And when you are able to let go of the mind fears, then this will be the highest road to manifestation. This can be the quickest, the most effective, if we can say so, for that realm of creation. But it's the road less traveled, let's say, because. Not a majority of human beings have enough surrendering capacity to enter this realm. So the other one is brilliantly conceived. The minds who have been conceiving that they know what is needed and they are offering a process that is super performing and that is showing people, they can manifest. And once they have achieved a few important manifestations in their life, maybe they will just drop the process then. And maybe they will just be willing to surrender to what's next, what consciousness has for me in its, in its surprise bag, instead of trying to control
0: Yeah. So let's say, for example, Jess Lively wants to live in Australia again and wants to get a visa. Now, that's very much out of the human's realm of control other than find a visa person, apply for a visa, and then let the rest of it, it's out of their hands, especially Jess's. So she could stress and worry, the character could stress and worry about that process and try to manage, manipulate, or do a bunch of Joe Dispenza meditations on (laughs) imagining it. But what I've chosen to do is just be like, I'd really, really love to be there. It's my favorite place to be. I feel most aligned and alive in my heart and my mind and all of it loves it, but let's see what happens next (laughs) and let's go. And I I don't know what's gonna happen and I'm willing to flow with whatever shows up. But does that mean, it's not, I'm not throwing away the desire by doing that, but I am dropping the resistance to if it doesn't happen or when it happens or how it happens.
1: Dropping the resistance is beautiful, so letting go of the how and the when, this is what is needed, but we would invite you to go a step further and just ask this connection that you have with your inner voice and just ask what is your next step, not focusing on the country you want to be in your human form or where you feel at the best in your experience because. You have not experienced yet the most amazing that is awaiting for you, so it's still ahead, it's still coming, and we would invite you to just sit very quietly in the stillness moment and just ask consciousness to show you the next step. It says "Be here now, all is allowed yeah, oh, oh yes, everything is possible, everything is allowed. We understand the mind or the being the human being feels very comfortable in a specific country and it has experienced some wonderful realignment and some complicity of vibration with people, with the land, with the beauty, the landscape, and simply the comfort of feeling at home somewhere. And this is very sustaining and this is very nurturing, but there is so much more. We're not saying it's going to be in a different place. We're not saying that at all, but we're saying the feeling of comfort of pleasantness can be tenfold or even more
0: and it doesn't have to do with the location is that just the consciousness with less bean bags
1: it's consciousness with less bean bags it has nothing to do with the location although being a human in a physical body you are sensitive i mean every humans are sensitive and responding to places to portals of energies to the purity, the pristine energies of a place or the not so pristine energies of another place. So being in a vehicle that allows you to sense that and being the sensitive person that you are, you're very responsive to that. So of course it is a support when the country or town or the the home you are in is resonating with you. But ultimately you can create that anywhere.
0: Beautiful. Thank you so much, Collective. I'm excited to talk to you again soon.
1: We would end saying we want to play more with you. It's absolutely beautiful. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you. And there you have it. Thank you so much for listening. And if you know anyone that might enjoy this, feel free to share it with them. And if you want to see what I'm up to on Instagram, you can find me at Jess C as in Cookie Lively. Until next time, may something wonderful happen to you today.